You are listening to the MZBC Students Greenhouse Podcast. For more information about Mount Zion Baptist Church, go to mzbc.net slash students or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mzbcstudents. So I'm praying through and thinking through what to talk about tonight, what to teach, lots of different things. Uh, came to mind at one point my desk uh, was stacked uh, like five books high and like three or four rows of just commentaries where I'm just like all these different ideas coming in and they all sounded dumb in the moment Um, and that and that's kind of weird to say about something that's that comes from the bible but just I always try to make sure I'm in tune where we are as a group as much as possible so that what I'm talking about applies to, to where we are as a group and so I began to think about where we are as a group, where a lot of us are. In our group, we're, we're at a point where, because of recent events, our lives are being focused in, our relationship with Jesus, those of us who have that real relationship with Jesus is kind of being focused in, we're, we're sort of maybe rededicating uh, or recommitting our lives, or maybe our relationship we had that was good is going deeper, you know, with Jesus. And so what, at that point, what do you do, okay, right? So how do, how do you figure all that out? Britton talked a little bit about that. I'm, I'm a fairly practical guy, uh, unless it comes to, like, buying fishing stuff, and then I just spend all the money, and it doesn't matter. Um, I'm a fairly practical guy, and so I was like, okay, so what, is, what does that look like? And I kept coming back to, the Holy Spirit kept telling me, it's, it's that idea that Scripture talks about of living, living our life for God, but specifically living a life of praise. Let me first start with a misconception, okay? So when you hear the word praise, those of you who have been in church for like more than twice, uh, you've probably heard, you know, praise, and you think of what we just did, right? We sing together, there's praise band or praise team, right? That's kind of like the terminology used in church a lot, or at least it has been for a while. Maybe it's shifting, I don't know. Um, but when you think praise, you think singing. You think what we just did. It's more than that. That's Singing, and, and especially corporately like we did, that's a part of praise, but that's, that's not all there is to praise. So what, what is praise? By definition, I'm that kind of nerd, uh, praise is the expression of approval or admiration for something or someone, okay? So applied in context, uh, words mostly get their meaning from context, not just their true definitions. Uh, I had a Greek professor that used to say, words have no meaning, only context, right? Because you can take a word and put it in context and give it all kinds of different meanings. Sorry, that's a Greek nerd thing. Okay, um, so praise in the context of what we're talking about is this idea if we're living a life of praise and it's an expression of admiration or love for something or someone, then our life of praise is to be a life that is an expression of love for our God, Right? A life that is an expression of love for our God. So what, what does that mean? As we think about living the Christian life, we think a lot about kind of the do's and don'ts, right? And let's be honest, more often than not, we kind of find ourselves talking about the don'ts more than we, than we do the do's, right? And so then it's like, don't murder. Check, got that one. That one's pretty easy for me to follow. I've not really ever thought about murdering someone, punching them in the face, maybe, but not murdering them, um, though Jesus had some words about that, I don't know. Um, 
Murder, check, didn't do that one. Okay, uh, stealing, I try not to do that much. Uh, so that's yeah, probably pretty good. Uh, lying, don't lie. Oh, crap, I'm, I'm out now, right? So quickly, this don't list turns into guilt and shame and sorrow, right? I mean, if you, any of you who've tried to follow these don't lists that are in Scripture, quickly it turns into how much we're all terrible, right? How we all quickly fall into doing the things that we're not supposed to do. Um, and, the, and those lists are there for a reason, and they're, they're there to help us, but they're not the point. There was a moment a few years ago that I came to a point uh, of clarity on this subject. I was going through one of the seasons in my life where I was focusing on the don't list, and I was trying to avoid all this different stuff, and, uh, and, and I was just really focused on not doing those things. And I was just, I was really getting depressed because it was hard, right? It's hard when you're trying to obey all, the, all that stuff. And there was just this moment that the Holy Spirit just whispered to me and said, hey, it's not about all the stuff you're not supposed to do. It's about being in relationship with me. It's about being in relationship with Jesus. It's about living the way he's called us to live, not living, not, it's not about the way he's called us not to live. It's about the way he has called us to live. Does that make sense? I know that that wording is kind of weird. But the point is, when we're focused on the things that we're called to do and we're focused on loving Jesus, this don't list begins to not really matter. Now, our sinful nature draws us back to that. But when we're striving hard and we're focused in on Jesus, the don'ts don't really matter anymore. And it's not as much of a struggle. It's not as much of a fight. Because when you're focused on negativity, you're going to think negatively. That's kind of a weird way to say that. I didn't practice it that way. Anyway, uh, if, if, you're, if you're thinking this way and you're focused this way, that's where your attention is. But if your attention and perspective is on Jesus, then that's where your focus is, right? And that's where your priorities are. So living a life of praise, what does that look like? Let's go to Psalm 145. Psalm 145. So David... King David uh, wrote most of the Psalms that we, uh, that we have. And King David is known uh, for a lot of great stuff. He did a lot of bad things too because he was human just like the rest of us. Uh, but he's known for doing a lot of great stuff. And one of the things that he's really well known for is living a life of praise, living a life that is an expression of love for God. So this Psalm is one of those times that he sat down and he wrote a song praising God. So this is a praise song, psalm, written by David. What I want us to do here, I'm not going to read all the way through it because it's kind of long and we don't have all the time in the world tonight. I'm gonna, I want to I wanna pull some points out of here. You should go back and read it sometime. It's really beautiful. I love the way David writes. And if you are ever nerd enough to learn uh, the original language Hebrew, it's even more beautiful there. Uh, but he writes in some really beautiful ways, and we try to get that uh, translated into to English. Uh, but I'm not going to go through all that. What I want to do is look at David as an example of a life that's lived to praise God. And, what, and pull, try to pull out some practical application of how we can take and, and sort of emulate what David did. Sound good? This means yes? This means I'm asleep? Okay. All right, so let's look at verse 1. Let's just start at the top. David says, I will extol you. Now, extol is just this really cool word 
um, that just means enthusiastically praise. A lot of transla- uh, several translations will just go ahead and put the word praise in there. But I like that these translators put the word extol here. It's not one that we use a whole lot. And I don't know how many times you guys have ever said that word in your entire life. But it's, but it's this idea of not just, yeah, Jesus is awesome. But it's like enthusiastic. It's like, yes, my God is awesome. Right? It's this excitement about God. It's not just, Jesus is awesome, but like, you're excited about it, right? You're excited about it. And that's, I just thought that was awesome. So, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Let's stop there. The first thing we see, an example of how, of how David praised God and lived a life that was an expression of love for God is right there at the end of that verse. I will bless your name forever and ever. This is David being committed to God, loving God so deeply that he was committed for eternity to praise God. I mean, like, marriage only lasts until you die. And then it's, then you're good. You're free from marriage, right? I shouldn't word it that way, free from marriage. Anyway, um, marriage is awesome. And I'm committed to it. It's the best. Um, but that ends when you die. Loving, loving God, the way that David's talking about loving God, is forever. Now, we can't really wrap our minds around that. And sometimes when I try to, I'm like, forever, forever? Or just kind of like forever. Uh, but the way David talks about it, this is, this is a serious commitment of praising God for eternity. And so the first, the first part of living a life that's an expression of love to God is commitment. It's commitment to doing that. That's a word that, now I won't get into that. All right, verse two. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. There's that commitment again. He's reiterating that this is, this is uh, a real thing. But the, the first two words of that verse, every day. Now, I'll just go ahead and admit, uh, in, in a moment of transparency, this is where I struggle most in my relationship with God, is this aspect of being committed daily. Being committed daily. If we're looking to David as an example of a life lived for God, a life li- uh, of praise, it's right there. Every day, I will bless you. And so a life that's living... So when you, when you're, if you live your life as an expression of love for God, it's a daily thing. It's an eternal commitment, and it's daily. Okay, so it's daily. What do you do? What do we do um, on a daily basis? There was something I was reading not too long ago. It was a conversation between a Christian and, and an atheist, and, a Christian, and the Christian was talking about this idea of, of praising God um, daily and, and praising God forever, right? And the atheist, I, w- I want to quote it here. The atheist says, so what kind of God do you worship that needs to be praised as much as he does? Does he forget who he is and need to be reminded? So, I mean, the, the atheist is just asking this question, you know, like, does God forget who he is? Like, why, are you pra- why do you have to praise him every day? Like, why does he need that so much? And this, this is the Christian's uh, response. And I wish I were uh, intelligent enough to, to think of things to say this way. But he says, he says, we praise God not because he forgets who he is, but we praise God because we forget who he is. 
You get that this idea of daily praising God and living your life as an expression of love to him is not about him needing the praise or glory. It's not about him needing the reminder of how awesome he is. It's not like if you, if you wake up in the morning and you're praying, and you're like, God, you're awesome. He doesn't go, oh, yeah, you're right. I am pretty awesome. Cool. Thanks. I needed that reminder today. I was, I was kind of down this morning, and now that you said I'm awesome, ah, it's cool. It's going to be a good day. That's, that's not how God works, okay? But when we're living in that moment where we're lifting high the name of Jesus and we're praising him and remembering how awesome he is and, and the way that he blesses us, even in moments of, of tragedy, the ways he blesses us, it's a reminder to us of the great God that we serve. It's not about God remembering who he is. It's about us needing to remember who he is. So let's, let's kind of get down into some of the nuts and bolts here. So this is not an exhaustive list. It's not a very long list, uh, but some things that we can pull from David here of like specific ways that daily we can be tuned in to praising God and to living a life that's an expression of love for him. Let's go to verse 5. Verse 5. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, doesn't he, doesn't he just write incredible? And on your uh, wondrous works, I will meditate. So there's the word right there, meditate. A daily life of praise involves uh, moments of meditation, and this is not like crisscross applesauce, like, like meditation, right? It's not this like weird, like mystical sort of thing. Meditation is time that is spent intentionally and with purpose reflecting on who God is and the ways he's blessed you. It's an intentional, purposeful thing. It's not a passing thought. It's not just like, oh yeah, God's awesome. I've meditated today. That's not what that's about. It's an intentional, purposeful time. There, there are other time, uh, times where you meditate on scripture, which helps you kind of focus in on specific things to meditate on about God or who you're supposed to be uh, about God. And, uh, and it's these times that, again, we're spending intentionally and purposefully thinking through and reflecting on how awesome God is and the ways that he blesses us and how we can continue to move closer and closer to him. So a life of praise is one that has uh, intentional, purposeful times of reflection, which is meditation. All right, so let's, I want to read verse 6, and I want to jump down and read verses 11 uh, and 12 because they're, they're kind of the same idea here. I know I'm jumping around, but hang with me. Trust me. Verse 6. They shall speak of the might of of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. Verse 11. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children uh, of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. David's talking about that a life that is wrapped up in Jesus, a life that is a, a life that's lived to praise God, is one that speaks of God. And not, not just, you know, in Sunday school or in your small groups or greenhouse, you're talking about God and you're talking about these things of the Bible, but like daily when you're at school or when you're hanging out with your friends, things like that, speaking about God. Just last night, I was at the old CarMax uh, thinking about selling my car and getting a truck because, you know, what ifs. Um, I was there getting my uh, appraisal on my car, see how little they're going to pay for it and all that kind of stuff. And I'm talking, to, I'm talking to this lady, and I, I'll admit, 
I kind of got it easy when, when it comes to talking to strangers and being able to talk uh, about God easily because a pretty common question in adult world, at least, that's asked when you're kind of meeting a stranger, you ask, oh, what do you do for a living? You know, like, what do you do for a job? Well, hmm, I work for a church. Hmm. And so uh, easily I can say, well, I'm a minister. And they go, oh, that's, you know, it's, it's always funny to gauge reaction. Britain knows what I'm talking about. Sometimes they're like, oh, that's cool. Let me figure out something to do over here. I want to talk to the minister. Uh, and then and then some people, it's really cool. Well, the lady I was talking to, Maggie, she was awesome. Last night, uh, we sat and talked for like 30 minutes. She was already a Christian, but we just talked about how awesome God is. And, and she actually uh, talked about some of the stuff um, that I'm talking to you guys about right now. And, and she kind of helped me like work through some of it. It was a really cool conversation. It was this moment that I got to talk about God while I was waiting for some guy to tell me how much he was going to pay for my car. Uh, kind of thing. What the funny thing is, is I think they had actually finished the appraisal like 20 minutes before I actually got it because she and I were just talking and then all of a sudden she was like, hey, let me check on this and it had already been, it had already happened and so we were just chatting away. I probably could have left CarMax like 30 minutes before I did. But it was this really cool moment just randomly that I got to talk about God. The thing about that though is there are lots of days, lots of days that with my family and with the people I work with and, and all this kind of stuff that I, that I don't just naturally talk about God. I don't speak about this kind of stuff. Now, the things that they're probably tired of me talking about are like coffee and fishing, right? Like you guys are probably tired of hearing me talk about fishing. I talk about it all the time. I freaking love fishing. It's awesome, right? I love torturing fish. It's the best. Anyway, that's my new way of describing uh, fishing, torturing fish. That's pretty much what it is, but it's worth it. Um, Sorry, I'm getting on a tangent. I could talk about that forever. So but here's the thing about that, though. And the reason that I can so quickly and easily talk about, you know, coffee and the way it's awesome to roast it and then brew it in certain ways and be super nerdy about it um, is because that's on my mind. And that's something that is a priority for me. And that's something that I think about often. And I talk about that way more in normal conversation than I do Jesus and so for me personally, the conviction comes is, is uh, loving uh, and thinking about coffee and or fishing a higher priority to me than thinking about and talking about Jesus with the people around me. Where are my priorities in this? A life that is lived as an expression of love for God, is, a li- is, is someone who speaks about God, who loves God, who loves Jesus so much that Jesus is such a focus in their life that it just bubbles out. And not like in like a bubbly, cutesy kind of way, but what I mean is like you're in conversation with somebody and you just keep thinking about Jesus and you work Jesus into conversations because that's what your priority is. That's what you're thinking about. That's what your mind is on. And you're spending those times of meditation to help you continue to remember where your focus should be, which is which is Jesus. Let's go to... Uh, Verse 7. Verse 7. It shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. So singing is a part, obviously David would point that out because that was one of the things he liked to do. Singing is a part of praising God and that doesn't necessarily have to take form in a, a, a daily sort of thing. But it could, you know, maybe you're jamming in the car or something. Uh, singing along uh, to worship stuff or you, know, you, you come here on Sundays uh, and Wednesdays and, and maybe some of you guys play guitar and that kind of thing. Funny thing about uh, when I learned to play guitar 
for a long time I didn't want to play guitar because everybody I knew played guitar. Uh, and I tried to be different than everybody else, which just made me stupid. And, um, and so I played bass, and I didn't want to learn guitar because everybody knew guitar. But there was one point I'm sitting in my dorm room in college, and I kind of want to sing a song. I kind of want to, like, I was feeling th- this moment where I wanted to sing a worship song. And then I, like, look at my bass guitar and go, you can't, like, play a bass guitar and sing along to it. That's kind of weird, right? <laughs> Do That's kind of weird. Anyway, uh, so then I was like, all right, fine, I'll learn the guitar, right? Um, I'm not saying everybody should learn guitar, but maybe you should. Um, Austin needs guitar players in the band. It'd be awesome if everybody learned guitar. Anyway, side plug. What I mean by that, in whatever form it takes for you, singing is is an important part. Music, regardless of your uh, ability of playing music or not, music has this way of connecting us to things beyond ourselves. And so... Um, the music we listen to and the, and the things that we sing uh, are, are, uh, are really important. And I want us to notice here that there's no qualifier on this. David, uh, David doesn't say, for those who have the gift of singing, you should sing praise to God. He doesn't say that at all. It's an assumption that everyone sings praise to God because it's not, it's not a talent show. It's, it's, it's lifting high the name of Jesus. So God doesn't sit up there and go like, oh, JJ, you're, you're just a tad flat, bud, sorry. Um, he doesn't do that. He doesn't, he's not Simon Cowell, right? Um, Got to mention that guy. Uh, anyway, so singing is a part of this living a life of praise. And the last thing I want to talk about here, and then I'm going to wrap up, is I want to talk about one more thing that's actually not in the passage. We've talked about kind of the, the, the main examples that we can get. Uh, from David of living this life of praise. I want to talk about something that's not here. You can read this whole, this whole chapter, and I, I encourage you to. Emotions are not even on David's radar. Now, there, there's a part of this that is emotional when you're in relationship with Jesus. There should be emotions involved in that. But the, the foundation and the basis of David's praise of, of God is not wrapped up in emotions is not affected by emotions. There are times, uh, there are times when I feel it and times when I don't, you know, that I'm like, man, Jesus, you're awesome. This is is incredible. Uh, And there are other times that I don't. But there isn't this idea of, oh, praise Jesus, you know, whenever you really need him, when when life really sucks, run to him and, and, and praise him, and then he'll make things better. Or like when things are really good, you can praise him and thank him for everything being awesome and that kind of thing. It doesn't, doesn't talk about it like that. It's a daily commitment to living a life of praise, living a, a life that is an expression of love for God, regardless of our circumstance, regardless of terrible or awesome stuff that's going on in our life. God, here's the, here's the thing, okay, so our emotions drift, our emotions change. Like today, I've, I've probably been bipolar, right? So I mean, like, that's, that's a part of it. Our emotions shift, our emotions change, but God doesn't. God doesn't. God is always good. God is always perfect, regardless of how we feel about that, which means God is always worthy of our praise and always worthy to be praised regardless of how we feel about that. The band's going to come back up. They're going to make their way up now. Um, but I don't want you to lose focus, okay? 
those of you in the room who are Christians, which is, which is most of us, you're probably in a couple, you're probably in several different places. Some of you, you're at a moment where you're refocusing in and, and, and that kind of thing, and, and your relationship uh, with Jesus is good, and you're, you're trying to figure out how to go deeper. You're trying to figure out how to, to just kind of to lean in even more. And maybe you're doing some of these things already, and that's awesome. And so whenever we're singing, now I just want you to, to sing at the top of your lungs and praise, praise God. But I would bet that most of us in the room are at a point where we're trying to just figure out and be better at living a life of praise or even begin living a life of praise, a life that is an expression of love for God. And so during the song, do whatever you need to do if you need to, to spend some time in prayer, if that's on your knees, if that's on your face, if that's standing there, just thinking, if that's talking to a friend, if that's talking to one of the adults in the room, whatever it is you need to do to figure out how to make that commitment to daily living a life of praise. Now this list is not exhaustive, but this is a good place to start. Having intentional, purposeful times of meditation. Having Jesus on your mind enough that you speak about him, that you talk about him in normal conversation, not, to, not necessarily just to random people, but even to the people you're friends with in your, in your family. And finding moments to stop and sing, even just in your head, praise to God. And there's some in the room, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but maybe, maybe what I was just talking about sounds stupid to you, or maybe it brought up questions, or maybe you're, you're trying to figure out what this being in a relationship with Jesus means. There are adults in the room, or maybe you came with a Christian friend that would love to talk to you, and I want you to leave tonight without having that conversation. You don't need to walk up this campus without having questions answered or talking to somebody about what it means to be a Christian. It's the most important decision that you'll be faced with your entire life, and I don't want you to walk away tonight without having faced that. So we're, we're either praising God with all we have, or recommitting ourselves, or, or maybe we're trying to figure out what it even means to begin to have a relationship with Jesus. Let me pray, and then we'll stand and we'll sing, and you do what you need to do. Father, I thank you for your word thank you for the examples that you give us of great men in history who loved you so much that they're great examples for us to follow and follow them as they ran to you and to help us, that helps us run to you as well. Holy Spirit, move at this time. Convict us and show us and draw us in deeper to you. Here I am, I pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing.